Welcome. You're listening to sermons and talks from Providence Church in Brisbane. We believe that God speaks to us through His Word, the Bible. So we pray that as you listen, you'll be encouraged and challenged to love Jesus and live for Him. For more information about Providence Church, please visit our website, www.providencechurch.com. How about I pray for you before you get into it? Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, Father, thank you for our brother Iggy that he can come and, and uh, spend time with us this Sunday and, and share your word with us. We're thankful, Lord, for uh, the way you wired him and the way you've um, yeah, led him to, to be uh, the pastor of, of Cooper's Plains. And we're, um, we're praying now, Lord, that you'll continue to be at work in and through him and the leadership team there. We pray, Lord, that uh, they'll continue to, to serve you in a way that is uh, wanting to honor your name above their own and wanting to... Um, to make the name of Jesus famous uh, in our city and in our world. I do pray for that. And I pray, Lord, as they make decisions for the future, like, um, yeah, seeing a second service perhaps and just seeing the growth that you've done, uh, that you've uh, done in their church, I pray, Lord, that they'll continue to uh, lead with wisdom and lead with love uh, and knowing that, um, yeah, there's so many more uh, in our city that that still don't know your name. And, and may we continue to partner with them as a church and, and um, yeah, and, and support Iggy in prayer as well as, as he continues to lead the church. So I do pray for that. In your son's name, amen. Amen. All right, Uh, keep your Bibles open to Genesis 1, and yeah, because God's Word is the authority here, so we want to keep looking back at God's Word, not so much to what I'm saying. Now, let me start by asking you guys a question, going to ask you to participate a little bit, just hands up, Uh, not a hard question, just be honest, who here could do with a nice long rest? Okay, hands up, hands up, yeah. Um, a lot of the room, I see that. Um, many of us in life, I think, are feeling overwhelmed, uh, maybe a bit anxious, uh, busy all the time, exhausted. Maybe there's some of those words that really resonate with you. I know what that feels like. I'm, I, I'm someone that tends to pride myself on resting well, uh, but pride comes before the fall, doesn't it? So uh, last year, uh, we had our church camp just after, probably in around October, uh, and I came back from that church camp, I was so hyped and I was loving it, I was working so hard and I was like, yeah, let's do all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just crashed, completely crashed. Um, I, I've never felt anything like that before. Uh, I would sleep hours and hours and hours and wake up still tired. Um, I had this low-level anxiety that was with me with everything that I did. I, I, I didn't know what it was. I just felt like I was running on empty. I literally couldn't work. I just had to stop work and I just had to, I had to go to my church council and I said, I just can't do anything right now. And it was really scary. I'm feeling like that. I never felt like that before. Um, I felt completely exhausted. I felt like I was running on empty. I had to go to my GP. Uh, I got a referral to see a psychologist. Uh, and then we started working on burnout prevention, uh, working through things um, yeah, like that, which um, I'm currently doing much better in, thank, thankful to God. Um, but that's an ongoing struggle, I think, to work well, sustainably, especially in pastoral ministry. The pressures are so great. I know what that feels like to be exhausted. Maybe you haven't felt something quite like that. Uh, maybe you've felt something much, much worse. Yeah? And there's a lot of factors uh, that play into that. I think in our current situation, if you think about COVID and how that's impacted us, right? So I think we downplay the impact of COVID, but COVID has been exhausting. Over the last two years, nothing has been the same. We're constantly changing, constantly adapting new policies, new lockdowns, new, you know, all these things. Uh, it's been terrible for mental health. If you, you might have felt that struggle. It's been really hard. Uh, the isolation in relationships, that constant change, it's been exhausting. The trauma of the pandemic, let's not underestimate that. 
Uh, some, for some of us, it's just the season of life that we're in that makes things exhausting in life. Um, so young parents, uh, are you tired? Any young parents tired? Oh, that's a surprise, isn't it? It's just, you're just tired. You're going to be tired because of that stage of life. This is a hard season. I, trust me, I know. I've been through it five times. I'm still, I'm still going through it right now. <clears throat> and then there's work. Work. Uh, job security is worse than ever before, so we feel the pressure to work hard and perform, don't we? Um, if you don't, there's a big line of people that are waiting to take your place. Technology as well means that we can work anytime, any place. You can, they give you a laptop, it's not a present, right? Okay, so you can take, go home and you can work late at night and you're on call 24-7. Yeah, that's what work is. And let me, don't get me started on technology. How has technology impacted our rest? Oh my goodness. It's, you know, you know um, streaming, uh, our smartphones, social media, uh, gaming, all of that is designed to hook you in. Yeah, there's, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of good stuff there. I think God is, there's, God's given us uh, a means to appreciate uh, beauty and art and just uh, dis- and rest in that. But technology can take a lot of our time away and can actually f- leave us feeling more exhausted than before. Do you know what um, Netflix says was his number one competitor? I don't know if you know this, what the number one competitor for Netflix is. Uh, they actually stated it was sleep. Sleep. And that's true, isn't it? Yeah. This is the world we live in. All this feel, leaves us feeling exhausted, leaves us feeling overwhelmed. We feel frustrated because we don't have the time to do what we want to do, what we know is important. Our family, our friends, God, because of all this stuff around us. Friends, I'm here to tell you today that you need rest. You need rest. And a rest-shaped life will actually change your life. God actually promises rest for the weary. And if you really grasp onto the rest that God gives you, then it will transform everything. So let's get into it. Um, Now, friends, uh, there's a little diagram coming up on the screen, I think. Yes, if I remember correctly. Um, When we think about a biblical ethic of, uh, which is like how to live as a Christian with anything, I think there's two places that you need to go. Um, Well, I mean, there's one place, the Bible, but in terms of what the Bible gives us, you need to look at creation, how God created the world, all right, before sin entered the world. How did God create the world? And you need to look at the new creation. Uh, Where are we going? What will things be like when we head there? All right, because that will actually give us a picture of how God wants us to live as his people, right? So today, especially, we're going to be looking at creation. And the first point is this, that we were made for work, made for work. This might sound like an odd place to start when we think about rest, but it's a natural and vital place to begin. So have a look at verse 26 with me, Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that we may rule over, they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And let's skip forward to 2, verse 15, actually, Genesis 2, 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, we see when God made humanity, he created them for what? For work. He has a job for them. 1 verse 26 uh, tells us that it's to rule over creation. 2 verse 15 tells us Adam was to work and care for the garden. Why is this important to understand? Because it tells us that work is not a bad thing. As Christians, we are not anti-work. 
All right, work has been ordained for us. Humanity is to do this. It has work has great dignity, value, and importance in God's eyes. It was given to us. This is um, we can't be anti-work because God's not anti-work. You need to understand that. And there's something important to note here, though. This picture of work is before the fall. It's before sin entered the world. Work is actually part of God's good creation. Good creation. Now, for many of us, this might be a surprise because work doesn't often feel like that. <laughs> Most of us say this, I can't wait till the weekend. Oh, I mean, let me, let me put it this way. Most of, us, most of us don't say this, I can't wait till the weekend's over so I can go back to work. Oh, can't wait, right? All right, put up your hand if work sometimes feels like a drag for you. Put up your hand if work feels like a drag sometimes, yeah? Those of you who don't have your hands up, you mustn't be working right now. That's okay. That's fine. Still studying or something. That's cool. I've got to confess that even for me, yes, I'm a pastor. Sometimes work feels like a drag. Sometimes it feels like work is a punishment from God, almost. And that's because later on in Genesis 3, we see that God curses work because of Adam and Eve's disobedience. He says that work will be hard. It will be difficult. Most, um, you know... Well, it's, it's part of the curse, this fallen world. But the curse doesn't actually change this fact, that work is a good thing that is part of God's good creation. Right from the start, we were made for work. We were made for work. Now, workaholics, before you rejoice, hang on, okay? Before you say, I told you so to all your friends that you think are lazy, hang on. Keep listening because we weren't only made for work. We were also made for rest. And that's our next point, made for rest. Before we look at how God created us as humans, we need to take a deep look at Genesis 2 verse 2, a foundational passage about rest. The first place we need to actually look is God's rest. Genesis 2 verse 2 says this. Have a look. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, I'm actually going to get you guys to do some work now. Sometimes I do this with my congregation. This might be weird for you, but it's good because you can do some work for me. Um, have a discussion. Turn to the na- your neighbor, and here's a question for you. Why do you think God rested? Why do you think God rested? You've got three minutes, okay? Introduce yourself if you don't know them yet. Say hello. Have a bit of a chat. Why do you think God rested? All right. Thank <laughs> you. 
Okay, friends, I'll uh, bring it back in. I don't know if you've ever thought about that question before. Why did God rest? This is God we're talking about. God, the God of the universe that speaks things into cre- creation. He doesn't get tired, right? He's not like you and me. He doesn't get exalted. Why did God rest? If we recall the creation account read to us before, we see that after each day of creation, God said it was good. And then I don't know if you noticed, there was one difference. On the final day of creation... Genesis 1, verse 31, have a look with me. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. That's the final day. That's where it ended. It was very good. When God rested from his work of creation, do you know what it was about? It was about satisfaction. It was about satisfaction. I see some people go, yeah, yeah, I told you so. See, in the crowd. Good work, guys, if you got that. God saw all that he had made, right? He looked at it and he said, yes, this is very, very good. He was satisfied. You can only really rest when you are satisfied, right? When you feel that your work is complete, when things are as it should be. Um, when there's a, if you look at the picture on the slide, then when you got a sink full of dirty dishes, right? Does, is this restful? Like you look at it, like I know for some of the blokes here, they're probably like, yeah, that's fine. That's all right. That's all right. You can't really rest when there's work to do. You know that that's sitting there. You can't rest when you know there's still half an assignment to write or that case at work um, isn't finished yet. You can't rest until it's closed. Let me tell you, if I'm preaching, uh, if I've got a sermon um, I, to, to preach, I can't rest until it's written. I'm thinking about, oh, I've, got to, I've got to get it done. I can't be at rest. If there's still work to do, you can't truly be satisfied. But here we see God, the creator, and he is at rest because his creation is complete. And it's now time for him to enjoy, to delight in this creation he has made. And there's something really interesting um, in Exodus uh, verse 31, verse 17, should be on the screen, uh, as I was doing my research into this topic. In six days, the Lord made the heavens and earth, and on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. Isn't that interesting? God doesn't get tired like we do, but it talks here about God being rested and refreshed. And what I think it's saying is that God here was so deeply satisfied, it was life-giving for him. It gave him deep joy in his soul. It was refreshing for our God to enjoy his creation. God's rest is what creation is all about. You need to understand that. God's rest is what creation is all about. Uh, There's a quote coming up on the screen from Joshua Ng, who's a pastor down in Sydney, one of my MTS trainer, actually. And he says this, Indeed, the seventh day is not only the end of the week, but the end goal of creation. The seventh day is what the whole thing was heading towards. This created world is not 
the beyond, end all of everything, but rather the final purpose is God's rest itself. Creation is about rest. This is where it's all headed. Rest is the end goal. And you might have noticed what the high point of creation is. You know, can you remember what the high point of creation is? Well, it's us. It's you and it's me, humans. This final part of God's creation, that, that only when humans entered into this creation that God said, this is very good. What a privileged place we have in God's eyes. His satisfaction only comes after humans are made. I think that a key part of God's rest is this. It's his, it's relationship. It's relationship with us. Genesis paints a picture of God speaking directly to the man, a picture of God walking in the garden in the cool of day, seeking his people. It's a picture of close, intimate relationship. And this is where God draws deep delight and refreshment from. We get a little taste of that in our relationships, don't we, when you think about it? For some of me, uh, for me, some of the deepest refreshments in my life are very simple. The times I feel most refreshed and rested, um, but they all come from relationship. It's sharing a good meal with old friends and laughing so hard that I just lose track of time because we're just enjoying our relationship so much. It's, it's a rare time Leeching and I are able to just uh, sit at a cafe and just talk. Yeah. Uh, while our kids are being babysat by friends, uh, we're so thankful for babysitters. And if you guys are in this church, you don't have kids yet, you, you can really bless the people in your church with kids by offering a babysit to allow them to just enjoy their relationship with one another. Uh, I get refreshed and rested by the times I just have a chat to my kids. Like when I talk to my uh, three-year-old son, Jakey, who's at the back there, and I ask him, why are you wearing a reindeer shirt in April? And then he says, we should play Christmas right now. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Brings me so much joy, you know, those moments. Think of the times that you felt most happy, most rested, most refreshed. My guess is that it probably involved other people, people you're close to. And that shouldn't come as a surprise because we are made to reflect our God who takes deep, deep delight and satisfaction in relationship. Our relational delight points towards how God made things to be. And this is my definition of rest that as I pull things together from God's word. I think this is what rest is. Rest is a deeply satisfied relationship between God and his creation. Write that down if you're taking notes. Rest is a deeply satisfied relationship between God and his creation. This is what the essence of rest is. Satisfaction, relationship, this is what rest is about. Yes, we were made for work, but do you think God made us just so he could have some little minions to do his dirty work? This is God we're talking about. He speaks and things happen. This is the almighty, the all-powerful creator of the universe. He doesn't need us. Why did he make us? So that we can enjoy a satisfied relationship with him. So that we can be at rest with him. And this brings him great delight and great glory. Friends, this is what you are made for. This is what you are made for. Satisfied relationship with God. That is where you'll find your rest. And remember, this is God's design when everything was perfect. There was no sin in this world yet. Us at rest with God 
is his good and perfect plan. And I'm absolutely confident this is true because this is where we're headed as well. Hebrews 4 uh, states this in verse 9. It should be coming up on the screen. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that none, no one will perish by following the example of disobedience, talking about the ancient Israelites. Hebrews 4 is a vital passage on rest. And something I want to uh, note here is this. The writer of Hebrews is saying this. There's still a rest waiting for the people of God. I don't know if you noticed, but there was no eighth day of creation. Yeah, did you note that? There was no, there was no eighth day of creation. The seventh day, it doesn't end. It's a rest that continues. A rest that Adam and Eve were a part of before they disobeyed, and a rest that now we are invited to participate in. This rest still remains. And verse 11 tells us to make every effort to enter that future rest. If, we, if you're a follower of Jesus here, this is the hope of heaven that you have. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, this is the hope of heaven that you can have and we want you to have. It's us no longer cut off from God, striving to find joy and peace and satisfaction and coming up empty, but us coming back home to God, to who we were meant to be, to know Him, to be known by Him, and to find complete, deep satisfaction in that perfect relationship. We were made for rest in the beginning, and we are saved for rest in the future. And how do we get this rest? Well, it's only in Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can bring true, deep rest for our souls. Have you ever wondered why even after taking that long holiday or that day off after a long week that you still feel tired? (laughs) Or after watching hours of TV or gaming or social media, the things you go to for rest, you aren't actually refreshed. Why you can't really switch off even on your time off, why you still feel anxious and overwhelmed. It's because while some of these things might help you find a bit of physical rest, you aren't getting the rest that you need. The deep rest for your soul that you were made for. We will continue to be restless until we recognize the true problem. American pastor and writer Tim Keller calls it the work beneath our work. It's that inner murmuring of our soul. It's a voice that keeps um, saying this to ourselves. Unless you work harder, you're not significant. Unless you achieve more, you're not worthwhile. Unless you do more, you're nobody. And as we seek to silence these voices by filling them with more and more activity, we get further and further away from what God wants us to be, who God wants us to be. He wants us to rest with Him. Let me read to you uh, from Matthew 11, verse 28. The words of Jesus Christ, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For the religious person, Jesus says, You can stop now. I've done it all already for you. It is finished. You don't need to prove yourself to God anymore. You are accepted. To the secular person, Jesus says, You can stop now. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. You don't have to perform anymore. You are loved and valued and worthwhile. I have died for you. 
Come to me, and I will give you rest. And when you come to Christ, only when you come to Christ, will you have the true rest for your souls that you need. Because through his death, through his resurrection, through what he has done, and only through what he has done, we can come back into a satisfied, deep relationship with our God. And that's what we were made for. This means we can finally stop. Because finally we can have deep soul rest. Remember, this is what you were made for. Doesn't that sound good? Deep, satisfied relationship with our God. Rest. No more striving. No more working. No more anxiety. No more overwhelm. Friends, Jesus offers us true deep rest. So here's a question. How does this change the way I live now? Is our final point, a rest-shaped life. Friends, let me tell you, we're just scratching the surface of this topic. It's huge. Uh, we've just done a whole six, seven-week series at Cooper's Plains Evangelical on this, so I, I, I can't give you everything about this topic, but I hope it's got you interested. Um, here's just a few brief initial reflections about this complex but such an important topic for us. Uh, the first reflection is this. Rest is not doing nothing. Rest is not doing nothing. You'll notice in the Garden of Eden that Adam and Eve were at rest with God. They weren't just lying around and watching Netflix, okay? They were living and working in a satisfied relationship with God. We'll, we'll later on see, um, if you go to the New Testament, the Pharisees, uh, uh, they're outraged at Jesus because he's doing stuff on the Sabbath. But here's the point. Jesus is working on the Sabbath. He does what is good on the Sabbath. What's the implications of this? Well, rest is not just switching off your brain. Sometimes we think if rest is pulling the plug and disconnecting from everything and everyone. Uh, rest involves something. It involves living in satisfied relationship with God. What's that look like? Well, I can't get into all that now, but that's something to reflect on. The thing is this. You can live your lives and you can be at rest with God. As you suffer, as you enjoy, as you work, you can actually do that from a place of rest and be at rest with God. Okay? That's our first reflection. The first, second reflection says, rest is not a means to an end. Depending on who you are, you might have a very pragmatic approach to rest. Uh, you rest so you can work more, right? There's some high achievers here in this room that are like that, productivity themes. Yeah, that's how you think about it. There's, um, there's a physical reality of this, but Genesis 2 doesn't have that view, does it? Genesis 2 actually shows us something. Rest is actually the goal. It's not a means to an end. Rest is the goal. Rest is an end in and of itself. It's the good thing. It's not just a tool so that we can work more. And the lesson to get from that is this. There's more to life than work. You weren't made for that. You were made for rest. And what honors God more than our work is our rest in Him. Okay? That's the second reflection. Third one is this. We rest with the tension of the now and the not yet. I want to acknowledge this tension. I've described this ideal picture of rest. Rest as it was in the perfect creation. Rest as it will be in the perfect new creation. And that's where we're headed, but not yet. We don't live in a perfect world, do we? 
is far from perfect. Rest is much, much more complex than that. Sin has come and has messed everything up. We live in a world that throws at us conflict and sickness and pain every day. That wasn't there at the start. That won't be there in the future, but it's here right now. We live in frail human bodies that get tired physically, emotionally, mentally. And this impacts our need to rest. We'll have new resurrection bodies in the new creation. How good would that be? But we don't have that right now. So we do need to rest. We're in physical, frail bodies. And here's another thing. We live in the end times. You know what that means? Um, Because of sin, thousands of people are perishing away. Yeah, they're perishing away from God doomed to an eternity of never being able to rest. And as we await the return of Jesus Christ to bring us ultimate rest, we have work to do. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, it calls us to this, to give ourselves always fully to the work of the Lord, the proclamation of the gospel, because lives need saving. How can we rest when people are perishing? How can we rest when people are going to hell and we have the way to eternal life? This is your mission here at Providence to make as many disciples of Jesus as you can, to help people know God, to love God. How can we rest while there's still work to do? It's easy to feel guilty, irresponsible, even lazy if we stop working, especially gospel work. But God wants us to rest. (laughs) There's a tension. How do we do that? How do we pull all that together? Well, if you work it out, let me know. Because it's really hard. It's really complex. There's no easy answer. These are tensions that we need to keep wrestling with. But the starting place is this. If there's one thing that you need to do, to not do, to to know, one thing you need to know from today is this. We were made for satisfied relationship with God. We were made for satisfied relationship with God. We were made for rest. And it all starts from there. If you don't get this right, then nothing else matters. I know that we aren't there perfectly yet, but the more we can reflect this in our lives right now, the more we can actually find rest for ourselves. Um, Have you ever had your car fuel tank run uh, empty? You know, you're you're running on empty. I know there's two types of people in this room, people that see this, and some people are like, yep, I can still make it. Um, And others, when it's still halfway, they're like, got to fill up right now, yeah? I don't know who you are, but... But maybe you're feeling right now in life that you're just running on empty. You're running on fumes right now. You're seeing how many Ks you can get, even though the needle's pointing at empty. You're just pushing on until your engine sputters and dies. Here's the ironic thing. The only thing that will refuel you is actually stopping. Stopping and spending time with God. We are most alive, most refreshed when we are spending time with God because this is what we were made for. Delighting in, enjoying in, finding satisfaction in our Creator, our Father God. Do you know why? Because this is what you were made for. Keep remembering that. We were made for satisfied relationship with God. So how are you going at reflecting this in your life right now? I've been reflecting... um, with my staff team, um, you know, about this. And the irony is, as we started this series, is that we were all running around like mental, trying to get things going for church, um, kickstart the things for the term. I know for myself, as I wrote this sermon, uh, I was resting terribly, 
I was, I was, I was just, I was uh, amidst all the meetups I had, organizing. The ironic thing was, is I was barely stopping to find satisfaction in God, to spend time with Him. I'm not the most qualified person to talk about this, let me tell you. But my guess is that many of you feel like you're on the same boat, that you just can't stop. It's so hard to rest. So let's all work hard together to find rest with God. Let's help each other to do that. Here's one practice I want everyone to try, okay? This is just a suggestion, okay? How about you do this? Every day, okay, every day, take time to stop and get on your knees and pray to God. Yeah? Stop, get on your knees and pray to God. I think we've lost that in our, you know, our culture, you know, that, you know, we talk to God all the time, that's fine, little prayers in the car, whatnot, but how about just having a dedicated time where you're on your knees, I think that helps because it it's, does two things. It forces you to stop, number one. I don't know if you just like a sneak in a prayer in between all the jobs that you've got to do. It will force you to stop. And number two, the posture that you're in, that posture of humble dependence before your God, I think that's a beautiful thing because how our bodies and our postures are towards God I think impacts how we feel as well. So how about you try that this week? The key is stopping. The word Sabbath, do you know it's, uh, it comes from the Hebrew word uh, Shabbat, which just means to stop, to cease. It's all got to start there. Stop this week and every day get on your knees and pray to God. Give thanks. Start by giving thanks because when we give thanks, we're saying to God, you are good. I am satisfied. I am content. The first thing you can give thanks for the gospel of Jesus Christ, because he has come and died for you and risen again to give you new life. Give thanks to him for that. And from that, just give thanks for every kindness and every good thing that he's blessed you with in your hard work week. As we do this, friends, it'll be a small step towards growing a satisfied relationship with God. Will you try this with me this week? Yeah? To stop, get on our knees and pray. Friends, we all need rest. But here's the good news. If you come to Jesus, you will find it. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you are God that has given us everything so that we can be at rest with you again. Thank you that despite us not wanting to be in satisfied relationship with you, that you sent your son Jesus to open up the way back to this beautiful relationship we have with you as our Father. Forgive us for the times that we haven't reflected that, the times we've taken that for granted, and we pray that you'll grow in us a heart of dependence on you, a heart that is able to stop and just find rest in you, a heart that's able to delight and enjoy your presence. May your Holy Spirit help us, because we know by ourselves this won't happen. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.